What's happening, weirdos? We've got approximately five seconds before a toddler runs in. That's right. Go to PeteHolmes.com. I'm not selling any tickets in Cleveland. Would you please buy some tickets to Cleveland? Or What's going on, Cleveland? I, I'm jokingly calling this the last time I'm coming to Cleveland. Because yeah. apparently Old Holmesy doesn't sell in Cleveland. What, are you only like Drew Carey? <laughs> Go to PeteHolmes.com. And here, if you like this, support the show. Listen uh, and, and, and buy a Pete's pick. Check it out. I also only have one Pete's pick up top for you, and you guys, you guys, you guys know it's Magic Mind. You know I, and I fucking, I, I, I self bleeped. I fucking love Magic Mind. Magic Mind is a productivity drink. It is nootropics, which is like vitamins for your brain. Uh, it's uh, adaptogens which help your body cope naturally with stress. And it's just a teensy bit of caffeine and a teensy bit of honey, which makes you happy. And I love it. It gives you like five hours of dialed in focus. They, they jokingly call it Creatorade. Like we have Gatorade for athletes. Now we have Creatorade. It just puts you in that flow state. There is no product that has changed my creative process more than Magic Mind. And there's no product that I've given away to my creative friends, to my writer friends, to my painter friends, photographer friends, to my actor friends. Anybody I know that uses their noggin and is doing something creative, Magic Mind is here to elevate your mood, dial you in, and get you dropped into that flow state. It's designed to be taken with your coffee. That's what the adaptogens are for. They round the edges of your caffeine intake that you're already taking. So you take it as a, as a, as a, as a chaser with your caffeine. Or if you're like me, I just took one because I was a little uh, groggy this afternoon. Just take it by itself. Either way, so many of my friends, there's Leela in the background, have been turned on to Magic Mind and absolutely love it. And I absolutely love it. I was passing, I, on my Instagram, I posted that somebody was um, fishing, pretending to be my assistant or something. There's Val taking Leela out of the frame. And uh, I love that somebody in the comments said, you can tell it's not Pete because he didn't talk about Magic Mind. Well, fair play to you. I can't shut up about Magic Mind. Um, you should try it. It's a great way to support your creative process and support the show. Go to magicmind.co slash weird and use my discount code at checkout weird for a limited 20% off your first order. All right, everybody. I know we say this every week, but this was an extra, extra, extra special one. Yeah, it was a good one. Both halves have different feels and the second half went into a spiritual chat that I didn't know I needed. It was so beautiful. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy it. Get into it. Down. <laughs> Let me just get my socks on and then I'll be ready to party. <laughs> Valerie. <laughs> Date night and I'm feeling, feeling all right. And I'm feeling all right. Remember how that was? It's the chorus, Valerie. <clears throat> and it's... And it's a double chorus. Um, I believe I wrote this song. Well, here's the verse. <laughs> it's a nighttime kind of feeling. I'm staring up at the scene. And that sounds like a pre-chorus. No, <laughs> you. That's at best, it's a bridge. Okay? I'm counting that as a sink. Runes. Ooh. Because I was driving with Leela, and she had she had, and I did not resist. Uh, me Diarrhea. <laughs> and I didn't resist it. I just looked at it flowing out and went, Hershey, Pennsylvania. We've had to do that sometimes when she just throws up in the car where you're like, 
we're just letting this happen, I guess. I mean, or you can you let can it do. go through your fingers like the sands of time. Yeah. Or just let it out. Anyway, that song is great. Roar, Katy Perry's Roar. Did oh, you yeah. let me say that or did you interrupt me with a riff? Because that's mm. what I'm here to do <laughs> yeah. to you. <laughs> uh, so we listened to Katy Perry's Roar, which mm-hmm. is uh, Lila's first like pop interest, which mm. I love. Yeah. I mean, one of her firsts, one of her firsts felt like we could have let that bus go by, <laughs> but no, we flagged it down, got on and said, this isn't the 62 and just <laughs> Let's got get off. It right or pay the price. That's We're right. doing the same point. <laughs> <laughs> 15 miles to the love, love <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm going to get this Katy Perry this point insane. out, but it's not insane. Feels insane to me. It feels like if my brain had lips, I'd go like up on my forehead. Like a Star Trek. (laughs) That's how they say, Captain, I think that's how they say hello. (laughs) And he's like, do I do it? No, when we do it, it means go fuck yourself. It's not okay. They can do it to each other. (laughs) We We can't can't do it to them. them. Thank God you're here, Worf. (laughs) His name was Worf? Like where you park a boat? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I've How never heard I that. Never... I've never heard that name. I know. Worf? Captain Kurt or Kirk. <laughs> it's not Captain Kurt. You know, as I said it, I knew. You knew. <laughs> I saw in your, I saw a twinkle of your sprinkle. <laughs> okay, please. Anyway, well, let's. I do want to get into how you don't know anything about TNG, the next generation. Mm-hmm. And how Eckhart Tolle loves the next generation. Did you know that? No, but that makes sense. Yeah, he's. I like the first one, the first generation. Where they didn't even know they were generational. Yeah, which is Star Trek. Yeah, and then just, they were like, "Now we're the we're gonna next give this generation. A try. Let's yeah. give space a try." <laughs> Are you sure you like it? Yeah, the two episodes I've seen, I do like it. Which ones have you seen? Like the one where they land on that planet. <laughs> yeah, and they walk around and the atmosphere and is breathable for some no, reason. No, we watched one in school that was English like... for some reason. <laughs> it was a play on Twelfth Night? One of the Shakespeare... It was uh, a play on a play? Yeah, it was like a version of, of Twelfth Night, but it was like on a different planet. Is it Twelfth Night? I'm going to be embarrassed. I don't think anyone cares. Anyway. I don't mean that like, <clears throat> shut up. I mean like, relax. Yeah. Like there's, a, there's two ways to say I don't think anyone cares. Yeah. One of them is mean. I, I meant it in the good way. No, I, I received it that way. I felt you did. Yeah. I just am like having one of those moments that I get very often where I'm like, all that money just in time and effort for college just went to waste because I don't remember anything. And because I'm like, I don't remember what Shakespeare Star play Trek? is. No, well, I don't remember what Shakespeare play it was based on that. We watched the Star Trek episode and then I'm like, really, okay, I can only let's let's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I can only think of 12th night. <laughs> But I well, know it's not 12 that 12 more plays than most people can think of. <laughs> it's not. What? <laughs> that barely made any sense. All right, please continue. No, I want to cover everything you need to know about Shakespeare. <laughs> this is an unplanned. No, I don't mean for you. Oh, I see. I mean, everyone. Uh-huh. Here, number one. Weird thing, like a doily around his neck. <laughs> Two. Pencil thin, twisty mustache. Okay. Three people are like wiping their ass with geese, and he's writing poetry. It's incredible. <laughs> Four iambic pentameter. 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Which no one knows what but that means. You don't means. need to know what that means. You just need to know. What is this? Iambic pentameter would be like if someone says something eloquent. I yeah. believe iambic pentameter means you speak in five syllables. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, behold, upon this window, it breaks. Yeah. Tis Juliet. The uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. You named, you named I it. I did it. But yeah. I didn't. This is my point. Yeah. You're killing it. I'm trying to. Why are you on your phone? Because I'm looking at try- I, I actually got that feeling <laughs> that this was in service of the show. I didn't yeah. think you were checking your gram or something. No, no. But I, I just, I'm letting you off the hook. There's I appreciate only, it. We're, we're not done with the list though. Tempest. You need to, the, you need to say the Tempest. It was the Tempest. Thank you for saying the Tempest. Yeah, I was going to guess it was the Tempest. It was and, the Tempest. And that there's the scraggly. Okay. You need to know our Ariel, Ariel, mm. who's in, uh, Who's in a Midsummer Night's Dream? Right, and then Puck. And Puck is good from Midsummer Night's yeah. Dream. What you is need the know, name of that guy from The Tempest? That's the, like the, the squiggly guy. Yeah, the like crouched over guy. I saw The Tempest Ca- at the not Caspian Ca- or something like that. Something like Callahan. That. Callahan Cal- Auto Parts. <laughs> no, Herbie Hancock. <laughs> okay, so embarrassing. Oh, okay, I thought you were gonna say this is bad and boring, and I was not gonna allow that because I'm engaged and enjoying. I'm this. interested in it. Okay, too. good. Yeah, it's like Calabasas or something. It is. It's something can, like that. You, you okay. look it up. I'll continue on what everyone needs to know about Shakespeare because we're <laughs> almost done. Yeah. Othello, the black one. Okay. Romeo and Juliet. Don't even talk about it. It's too obvious. It's too. Yeah. It's too cliche. You say Hamlet. People mm-hmm. say Shakespeare. Go to Hamlet. Here's what you need to know about Hamlet. It's a story where almost nothing happens. That's all you need to know. Uh huh. You just need to sure. go like, here's, here's everybody listening. Here's your talking point at a cocktail party about Hamlet. Have you noticed that Hamlet, the one arguably the greatest story outside of the Bible ever told, doesn't follow a traditional dramatic arc? That's all yeah, you have to say. And, and when everyone just like freezes up and thinks you're great, th- think of me. Caliban. You Caliban. were really close. I was very close. Yeah. I saw it at the Globe Theater and the guy who played Caliban stole the whole show. It was fucking great. Oh, yeah. Caliban is, funny. is a very interesting character, even though great. I couldn't remember his name. If you don't know who Caliban is, Caliban is in the movie 300 and he's the deformed guy. Oh. Who, that's basically <laughs> Caliban. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of uh, simplified I always thought of him kind there, of more as like, like a Hagrid. <laughs> Hagrid. Yeah, sure. Okay. Because he's like kind of a lovable, like mm-hmm. wild man. Yeah, that's nice. I mm-hmm. like that. We're almost done. Um, and then you need to know Macbeth. I don't know anything about Macbeth. Yes, you do. I yes, really, you do. I mean, I'm sure. Let I me do. ask you this. Yeah. What's his? Uh, what's the? Uh, what's his wife called? Lady Macbeth. Well. There you I'm go. I'm sorry. Somebody <laughs> just said Frankenstein Bride of Frankenstein. You know two fucking things about Macbeth. First, that Macbeth is a person. It's a king. Yeah, I knew that. And his queen is Lady Macbeth. Okay. You also know in Macbeth, this is not Pete's planning. I'm just trying to show you that I know almost nothing, but I feel totally confident <laughs> when Shakespeare comes up. I feel like excited as if something I do know a lot about is coming up. Yeah. And I don't. And that's all I'm trying to share. Yeah. In Macbeth, they <laughs> Put on a play where uh, to get the the king who's watching the play. See, I, I'm barely putting I don't this together. Remember this? This is all you need to know. This is where we get uh, the lady doth protest too much. Pretty sure. <laughs> 
pretty sure that's where we get a Lady Macbeth. She knew she was going to marry Macbeth. Her name was Lady Macbeth. Yeah. She was out there looking, why do I have this stupid name? Then she met a guy, Macbeth. <laughs> why aren't we laughing? <laughs> I guess, you know. You're done with it. No, I'm just... I, I just that's enjoy it quietly now. Well, that's, yes, and you're right. That's the end of what the, you need to know only, about Shakespeare. The only problem is that I, uh, brag bag, uh, I was in English honors classes my entire high school, and then I was an English major and took whole classes just on Shakespeare. Yes, so was I. And then I Everything tour, you just said was me. Then I tutored kids in Shakespeare, and I just don't remember any of it. I was also Look, taking a lot of ganja. Took a lot of ganja. <laughs> this is beautiful. <laughs> Why were we able to do that? I don't know. We don't, let's know that song. It honestly sounds exactly like Smoking it would be. Dope? No, it would be a Vampire Weekend song. Where it's like. I'm in yeah. love with you. I'm, I'm in love, love with, with the Coco. Yeah. I'm in love with Team Coco. Just everybody <laughs> that sided with Conan. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Show me one person. I, I don't know anybody that was like, Leno! <laughs> well, it's because they were all 50 and over. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <sighs> wait, wait. Katie There's Perry. one more. Yeah, I'll get to it. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. There's one more Shakespeare that I feel like we can know. The Anna. lady. So in Macbeth, <laughs> they put on a play. I think they're like, they think the king did something. This is like drunk history. They think the king did something. <laughs> yeah, and then they were like, to get him to confess or to, to watch him. Yeah. We'll put on a play about what happened. I think they think he killed his brother or something. So the, the minstrels. Oh, yeah. This write is sounding a familiar. Play where the king kills his brother so that they would, can watch so they him. could do this? <laughs> yeah, I wish this was a video <laughs> podcast because you basically made like the Barbara like, Cochran face. Yeah, you like, like bulge uh, your eyes out and turn and your head sideways. to the side. Like, uh, any reactions? And they, they're like, and you know, in the most beautiful iambic pentameter, they're like, <laughs> and we shall study the visage of the king to see if an eyebrow twitch gives away his position or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, just say you'll watch him. Yeah, we'll see what he does. <laughs> oh, that's a funny family guy cutaway. And we'll watch his visage. Just say you'll watch him. <laughs> Some guy in the crowd. Yeah. But it's Peter Griffin. Just say you watch him. I can't do it. All right. Um, All right. Oh, the last one was, that's the lady doth protest too much, I think. Two, uh, if you cut me, do I not bleed, is uh, the taming of the shrew. Yeah, taming of the shrew. And that was about a money changer. Mm-hmm. Which is a little maybe anti-Semitic. No, the play was about anti-Semitism. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it was sort of like a. I was just talking about this with somebody. I was like, the fact that anything from the past, yeah. including this morning, is still like relevant. Held. Like, held. Yeah. Is a fu- like, I know I've said this a million. But the fact that anything that Jesus said, at that time, people were like, if you pray to a sparrow, you'll fly your soul to safety. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, we've been so, but we're still butt fucked. We're still mm. so 
crazed and strange. Mm. The fact that Shakespeare wrote a play about anti-Semitism yeah. or Othello, which, you know, race, racial tensions, yeah. mm-hmm. that is still kind of like, that's valid, is a fucking miracle. miracle. Totally. It's a miracle. We were talking about how <laughs> the world itself, this is obviously one of my big talking points, the world itself as I like to say, doesn't really work. Like it, mm. it's it's a it's a world of tension. Mm-hmm. It's like almost made of tension. Mm-hmm. And then we tell stories about this world made of tension mm. the best we can. But I was talking. So Taryn Killam did the pod, mm-hmm. and I was actually nervous about this. I was like, "Was this okay?" Because I was talking about how on Spidey and his amazing friends, <laughs> Rhino yeah. talks like he's from. Did we cover this on this podcast before? Uh, no, but I just oh. know it from our life. Yeah, it's one of my life theories. <laughs> yeah. But Ryan, so it's this cartoon where Spider-Man's a, a, a child and Ryan, to give people a, a taste, Rhino, who's a bad guy, he just runs around. Like, that's all he does. He uh-huh. doesn't break buildings. He doesn't hurt people. But he won't stop charging. <laughs> and my point was the three heroes all sort of talk like, you know, well man what but what do I even mean by well mannered like king's english yeah just like uh, wealthier or yeah, middle that yeah. well you you see this is why it's so uncomfortable to talk about but I was going to run it by you but here I'll just run it by you on the air mm-hmm. I was like boy I hope it's clear that I'm not saying any of these things are right, right. but when the villains of Ninja Turtles all mm-hmm. the way up until now. This is a new cartoon. Rhino talks like, hey, Spina, I'm going to run in charge. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he sounds like he went to a, like a, like a, maybe an underfunded public school. I can't, yeah. it's quite obviously we live in a world of infinite possibility. Is it possible someone is at MIT right now going like, I say we smash the molecules <laughs> with a sledgehammer. <laughs> it's. <laughs> washy as he's eating an egg cream oh this coney island hot dog goes with my feces real nice like like, when were you at coney island this is mit i I invented a teleporter that's what i'm doing here people think i wasn't smart because of how i talk but i can do stuff i made teleportation a reality to get hot dogs from coney island and i'm using it to get egg creams and do sweet flips on my bike (laughs) (laughs) look that's (laughs) oh my god i i just i gotta do that as a bit that is too funny to me so it's possible yeah but chances are he's like the kid first of all rhino's like bulky and round-headed yeah you know what i mean and i think green goblin has like you know it, this is where it gets a little iffy. It's just like the the leads of that show have like less stark features. Like if yeah. you pictured the hero of a show, does he have enormous eyebrows? Right. No. Right. And this is what uh, Taryn and I were saying. It's like you, someone has to be the thing. It it doesn't like. I was talking about how Doc Ock on that show seems like a reclusive. Like she doesn't have any friends. She. I, I was saying that she doesn't. 
I'm not even going to say that, but she, she like is a recluse science mm. person who has no community and yeah. no people. And she only swears to science. I get that, that, that historically isn't great. You shouldn't obsess about your work. You should have some hobbies. You should have family. You should have friends, that sort of thing. Yeah. And she's just making robots and, and it drives her mad. That's okay. But yeah. Green Goblin has like eyebrows that are like the guy who owned the car wash in Breaking Bad, mm. which again, you ever look at a guy on an airport tram and you're just like, why couldn't this person be the lead of a TV show? But you're just like something I'm not saying well, it's right, but you don't see it. You don't see. Well, this take, is, take skin color and features out, but just huge fucking eyebrows or a hairline that's down to your eyelids. Like <laughs> you just don't see it. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> like, like okay. a Transylvania. <laughs> we got it. Okay. I keep doing examples. <laughs> you just worse. don't see a guy. But that, yeah. And the, like the, the, like you just don't see it. Like I know you're not doing this, but that's like, a bad defense for it like you, you just don't see it it's like i'm not defending it that's right that's because in people fact, who look like us yeah. are making the decisions right so they're making the heroes look like us and they're making any others precise be the villains precise Imunda. and that is and i'm not saying that's right that thank you right. I, i'm trying to be i'm being funny but that is the point i'm making and we were going into lord of the rings like legolas is yeah. so fair and speaks in an english accent and the orcs kind of are like hey let's go down to the yeah. bar and get ourselves a whiskey it's it. you know what i mean yeah. they talk cockney meets back on the menu boys that's just <laughs> the sound of a person with a different educational pedigree right Yes, but it is like a, that is a stereotype, and That's there a stereotype. is, and this is exactly <laughs> the argument for like representation matters, like because you're like we just don't see it. It's not again. Just, I don't stand by is, we just don't see it. No, I've just, I know. I've had moments, believe it or not, of compassion where I'm like, this guy just didn't get like an easy way into Hollywood, and That's this guy's right. not even trying to get into Hollywood. I'm just looking at him going like. Interesting. But that's it. That's why it's so important that we see all types of people being the leads, being the heroes, being like getting their specific stories told, not just like, yeah, you have brown skin, but everything else about you might be like white in this culture, you know, or whatever, like actual like stories or, you know, having that covered as well. Just having every type of person represented as possible. Yeah. Um, and what I was going to say is also like, it's so interesting because in another thing that I barely remember from my English major is we took a linguistics class and learned all about like different dialects. And that was, I remember the first time it was like really presented to me that, you know, we, we, I mean, I knew this already, but it was like, we hear, um, we hear British accents and we think it means that person is smarter. We hear a Southern accent. We assume that person is dumb. We hear Ebonics. We don't even like acknowledge that as like right. We're like, we're basing it off of our touchstone. Like we're making ourselves the center. It was like forged in a kiln that isn't recognized. Like, like, you know what I mean? It was put together in the same exact way. Other languages are put together and other dialects are put together. But for some reason it's like, well, this is illegitimate or it's like different or isn't it funky or strange? Yeah. Yeah. And in the, it was like this documentary where in Oakland, I want to say it was like, in Oakland, (laughs) there was like the school that taught Ebonics as 
like a language, you know, because it was like this, let's start reframing this as like a Sorry, language that's that... that's a great key and feels catch. It just, <laughs> you mean you'd like to ask me a question? Like, it's, it's like, it's right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, sorry, it's ax. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, yeah. you finna go to the bathroom. I mean, these are things. I know. These are things. I know. I know it's a little iffy. I don't, I don't want to I, I mean, I don't, off. I think you're right. It should be in the hands of Key and Peel. They can say it to each other. <laughs> yeah. Key, Key and Peel can do this riff. Let's call up Key and Peel yeah. to finish this riff. <laughs> That's like, they're like, do you know how many white people hand us this their sketch ideas that, that they can't do, but want to do? So me and my wife are laughing. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> okay, so there's this goal that teaches Ebonics. Cut to Key and Peel, dead face, <laughs> staring back at us. And we're just like, okay, so, okay, so right. we can't say it. Yeah. But, we but imagine if you were, were like, like, no, you don't ask to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and it just, they, we just fall through a trap door, I think is how that sketch ends. <sighs> yeah, I think so. And no one feels bad for us. <laughs> nope, we are the villains. In that story, we're the villains. Turns out we were the baddies. <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, no, I think that was it. Also, in and just Oakland. thought of like, how, can we talk about for a second how good Dave is, even though everybody already knows maybe? Well, it's funny that you say that because when I was talking about uh, faces that you don't often see, my example being huge eyebrows, we'll let a huge eyebrow motherfucker come on, but he's got to own a car wash and he kind of has to be like, you know, a joke. Or he know, has like, to be Roy Kent. <laughs> Roy Kent? Brett Goldstein. Does he have? He has big eyebrows nice yeah nice big nice but they're big. not like they're not too little you know <laughs> swamplands <laughs> don't there, i knew nothing you were gonna what? say was swamplands in- like there isn't like fear of a lily pad in either of oh them. oh my gosh <laughs> there's no like dragonfly I would like coming to see out of what each of you them mean. you don't know the guy who owns the car wash at breaking I bad don't remember i was also smoking a lot of ganja <laughs> I am going to look it up for you. Okay, and I'm going to look up a picture of Brett Goldstein. Okay, Breaking Bad. (laughs) Unrelated. Bad. I'll just type in eyebrows. (laughs) Eyebrows guy. It fills it in for me. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready for this guy's eyebrows? (laughs) You're about to like (laughs) apologize to me for saying that Brett Goldstein has big eyebrows. This guy has... Two crows have landed on his face <laughs> okay, and yeah. slept I mean, with their the, wings in out. In the side by side, it's no, not, not yes, really the same. No, this guy... I don't remember that guy at all. Which is very funny to I me. I do remember the car wash, of course. Yeah, working at the car wash. Yeah. Well, okay, what was I going to say? Um, Hong Kong. Oh, we were talking about... Oh, Dave. Yeah. So, eyebrows be damned. Mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, I remember watching... Uh, Knocked up? Well, he's in 40-Year-Old Virgin first. Yes. And I remember being like, what's this non-movie looking guy doing in this movie? Wow. Like, it just... I don't mean this as any... I don't even have to say this. 
disrespect. But yeah. at the time, you just didn't see as many guys. Like now, it's normal. Yeah, Judd Judd kind of had did a lot that. to do with it. Because even did it, making yeah. Steve Carell a leading man in that movie, it yeah, Judd's told me many times that they wanted to reshoot a uh, forty-year-old virgin without Steve. Like they saw the test footage and it was like this isn't working, and he had to be like. Yes, it is. Wow. I, I, I don't know the details, but he had to push for it. Wow. I, I might have made it be, a better story, but mm-hmm. I just know that he had to push for it wow. because people were like, I don't know. I don't see it. And now we're like, you mean fucking Evan Almighty? I think it's, <laughs> I think it's worst movie. You mean Evan Almighty? You mean the life of Dan or what? <laughs> Oh my what God, Dan in real life. Dan in real life. I liked Dan in real I life. I like Dan in real life too. My yeah, yeah. my ex husband and I watched that movie. Can you? Can, sorry, can I? <laughs> can I talk to you for a second? And we uh, had the theater to ourselves, and we like danced around. I have good memories of watching Sweet. that movie. Yeah, it was cute. Okay, I'll join you in the nude pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shakespeare in Love was that movie that I went. Oh, I know. With uh, with uh, Susie. Susie. This was in college. Oh, Susie. And my friend Nick <laughs> was sitting next to me and was deeply uncomfortable yeah. that I wouldn't stop making out with the Susie. <laughs> but that movie is I that, love movie that movie is sexy. It is it's sexual, sensual. Yeah, I love that movie. Bind her breast. Yeah, and then um, when he's pulling it, yeah. Oh, let's try that. Later. Also, where's Joseph Fiennes? I know. Like, really? Where is Joseph Fiennes? Don't Google it. I just want to both will to be sit impregnated here and with be, wonder. Yeah, okay, and be like, where is he? I don't want to find out that he's been in twelve movies since then. I just haven't heard of any of them because he was so good in that movie. Like, he is talented. He was fucking vying for number one Wahlberg. Do you understand? Oh, absolutely. And now he's gone full Donnie. <laughs> Was he related to Ray Fiennes? Yeah, he's Rafe's brother. Oh, wow. Rafe Fiennes' brother. And Rafe. It's not Rafe. It's Rafe. It's Rafe it's Fiennes. It's Ring Rafe. It is not Rafe Fiennes. It's Rafe. Really? Here. Voldemort? Voldemort no. is Rafe Fiennes without a nose. <laughs> R-A-P-H-F-I. Okay. F-I-E, and this is just, welcome to me Googling stuff. <laughs> no, I think we all want to know, or maybe all of you do know. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here he is on on uh, Kent, on Fallon. And he's talking Fuck. about if it's... It didn't, it, didn't cut, it didn't show him introducing him. But just look up his name and how it's spelled. Well, it's, it's spelled Ralph. Oh, so that is Rafe. Rafe Fiennes. I just you would need... not spell Ray with a silent P. Okay, here's Liam Neeson. A very specific set of skills. Yes, you are Say. One of the most recognizable people, uh, this is going to. I feel like this is going to take a while to get to. Why is Liam Neeson saying but you Rafe often Fiennes? Get mistaken oh. For Rafe Fiennes. Yes, Rafe. I do. Rafe. I find that very Fiennes. Nice. I don't even really... Rafe. Rafe Fiennes. It's Rafe. Wow. Ring Rafe. I think we learned something today. We did. <laughs> That it's Rafe Fiennes. Wow. I told you I once was in England. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this brag. is kind of actually brag bag, but also like strangely full circle. Because we were talking about my Shakespearean acumen. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how you 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 started, you said tutored on plays, but you said traveled. Yeah. By accident. Oh. No, I know. 
but I was, I didn't just bring that up to shame you. <laughs> cool. I thought you were going to say what I would say, which is I traveled on several European, like my theater program. Mm-hmm. I'm always pooping on Gordon College for fun. Had an incredible theater program where mm-hmm. you just went and watched plays. And one of the times we went and watched a play, Rafe fucking Fines was in the audience. Wow. And I had eyes on Rafe. Wow. And all I did was watch him. Oh, wow. So there'd be a laugh and I'd look, is Rafe laughing? And you know what? Was he? He was. Wow. And you know what? That's why he's Mark. That's why he's Mark? He's not Donnie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so interesting because you put those two side by side and guess and be like, guess who's going to be the big movie star? Yeah. You would never well, say. The, okay, so going back to what we were saying, we got Seth Rogen mm-hmm. and we got Dave who you can see the parallel there. Oh, yeah. Seth Rogen. Judaism. <laughs> paved, Got it. <laughs> but it did pave the way, potentially, mm. for us to be like, or executives to be like, oh, of course, this is like a deeply funny guy, sort of a Seth Rogen-y type guy. Sure. You know, not just that Seth is funny, but that Seth is like deeply likable, that you can latch on to him and care mm. about him. Mm-hmm. So they have all this like data, like this kind, I'm not saying they look that similar, but you know, they got the the hair and, you know, similar, I guess, similar enough that yeah. I could see the, the comparison. But anyway, what was I saying? Just fucking forget it, Bill. Yeah, Just that, that uh, <laughs> Seth Rogen is not... I got so caught up in worrying that I was sounding anti-Semitic oh, that no. I lost my train. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I... I'm not saying they're the same guy. I'm and saying I... that Seth... Okay, what I was saying was Seth, at the time in, in 40-Year-Old Virgin, mm-hmm. did, he looked like uh, a contest winner. There is a guy coming up to our door. Yeah, I can see your eyes. Yeah, look at him. See if you know him. <laughs> What do you mean? It's not a package person? Mm, he doesn't have a package. Oh, hello. He's waving at me. And oh boy. we'll just pause here. Rafe Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. Okay, uh, sorry. That was, that was very sweet, actually. The guys next door that have been working on the house for literally... Next door. Next, next door they've been working mm-hmm. for like a year. Every time I talk to one of them, they're so they're so deeply kind. Mm, that's great. Um, in fact, we could tell that story about the beeping. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know why that was so funny to me. It was so funny. To- <laughs> you remember the beeping bell? <laughs> it was all like beep, beep, beep. Oh my god, you are deeply lovable. I <laughs> will tell the story about the beeping, but uh, first. I'm just, I, was that <laughs> I the mid rolls? If you want to hear this story about beeping, <laughs> you're gonna have to listen to these in mid rolls. Um, no, I, I, they just came to say that our water meter is leaking, and to call, but you call the city. Okay, that's something the city takes care of. Thank God, because we, I think we covered last week what a nightmare this plumbing thing has been. Um, to, kind of yeah. to the point where I'm like. Okay, plumbing obviously represents the emotions of the house. And like, what are we... Is there something like we need Wait, to face? plumbing represents the emotions of the house? Yeah. It's like if everything's cleanly running and, you know... If that were true, Mario and Luigi would be out there sowing discord <laughs> to drum up business. <laughs> to be like, maybe I go tell that guy that his wife is cheating on him because we need to fix a toilet. <laughs> 
feel I like that riff was better than you gave it. Well, I thought it was fine. But it was <laughs> it was fine. It was like my Trump impression 20 minutes earlier. <laughs> it was good. But they just let me know how nice. Yeah, so nice. The Okay, so the beeping story, real quick, and the reason I laughed was because it's so me, and it's so we made it weird. Mm. There was a beeping for like three, like a long weekend. Sometimes mm-hmm. these, these guys are working on something and I don't know what they do, but they set something off. Yeah, and like some sort of alarm. So it's obviously nice and quiet around here, especially on the weekends. They're not working and it's it's beautiful, you know, sit outside time, read a book, get some sunshine, whatever it might be. But all of this is sort of compromised because there's this like, and I'm just like, all of my spiritual work is to deal with being out of control, is trying yeah. to not take it personally. Yeah. And I got value out of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very sticky, icky to get trapped thinking this is being done to me. Mm-hmm. These people set this alarm off. They said, don't you think that'll bother the neighbors? And another one went, that fat fuck. And my God, got in a (laughs) van. And they both die laughing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You mean that goofy motherfucker? I hope he likes beeping. (laughs) Of course, that isn't what happened. But, you know, it's tempting. Yeah. You build this whole story. Yes. Because, you know, you have sound trauma, if I may. Yeah, of course, of your, everybody knows that. Of your sound parents trauma. fighting. Everybody knows. And in that situation, they weren't considering you when they needed to be. Right. And so you so go now, immediately to, how dare you not consider me any, when you hear any noise? Any sound. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I, I just took Leela to dance today and they were playing like rhythmic, loud music, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I was like, isn't it weird that I can sit here and literally, if Leela would have stopped running out through the curtain and grabbing me and hugging me, which was so cute, Aww. I would have fallen asleep. Oh, wow. Because yeah. I really think this is, to me, this is deeply interesting. Because my brain had no issue with that loud music playing yeah. because it was in a dance class. Because it was in the right context. It's yeah. all context. Yep. And then like when you go like my house should be quiet and you hear a beeping, mm. you it, it can almost snowball all the way to like life isn't fair. The beeping can actually become death itself. I know that mm. sounds crazy, but you're just like, and what What can we even do? Because no matter what you do, there's always going to be a fucking beep. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's, I really think it's right under the surface, just how desperate we are mm-hmm. and how, how scared we can be. Yep. Which by the way, I was reading in A Course in Miracles this morning, they, this great line to me, I, it, I wrote it on the mirror in white chalk marker, I wrote, you cannot triumph, but you are exalted. And I was like, that is it. You can't triumph here. Mm, mm -hmm. Even if you triumph every single day, you still die is what I'm saying. Like Mm. this is an unwinnable, unfixable, complicated Mm. mystery that's Mm -hmm. always filled with beeping alarms and always filled with even if things are rocking and we have a great life you still will decay and you still will die or you people get sick everyone it's funny leela wanted to hear a song about getting hurt so i played her johnny cash's hurt Mm. which and she loved it (laughs) she she? just like stared out the window and listened she loved it and i'm trying trying to sing along because i couldn't without crying like i was just like (laughs) it is beautiful (laughs) my empire of dirt Mm. it was was really beautiful 
And I was, so I'm not saying like this world is broken, so give up. I'm just saying that's just kind of the, the hand we're being dealt. Mm. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of hurt and you can't triumph, but you are exalted and it puts R in italics. Yeah. Very similar to God protects you from nothing, but sustains you in everything. Yeah. You can't it's, win. Like I don't so care how many buildings with your name mm. on it or how many millions in the bank, like you can't triumph, but, but the real you completes God. Like when you yeah. return, like the prodigal son, you complete God, which is mm. obviously a metaphor, but it's like, that's how important you are. Mm. You're exalted. I was yeah. like, that's fucking dope. And it also explains why things go sideways so much because yeah. you can't triumph. Yeah, that is so interesting because I, I mean, I would agree with that. And just the more uh, the perspective that resonates with me, because it is so interesting, like words like triumph and exalted. Yeah, they're church words. They're church words, but they're also masculine. Like I'm like, those words don't mean anything to me. Oh, interesting. Um, but I, I would say like, you know, yes, you can't win this life because that's not really it's not the point the point and it's not that's the thing that your brain has made up to try and control life yeah but like there is no you know i was just saying this to my mom actually on our drive to la today like i was like it helps pete to say like this doesn't work this life doesn't work this is it's just you another know. way of saying we're not in control yeah and that's what i said i was or, like or what buddha says life is suffering yeah it's my, just the same thing my and i was like my slight like alteration on that is just like clearly suffering is part of the game we're doing here yeah. Yeah. and i don't think that that's broken or a flaw or anything it just is the truth and so like the challenge for me is like I have experienced and I've seen the wonderful gifts that come with suffering. So to lean into those. Oh, for sure. And yeah. for real, <laughs> I know we talked about this, but you know, when, when I taped my special last weekend and the first show was sweat, sweaty show, mm -hmm. that was so deeply meaningful to me because it was suffering, meaning I was out of control and I wasn't just triumphing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I was like scared yeah. and, and, you know, a little shook by the whole thing, even though it all turned out, I still walked away from it going like, fuck, we are daisies. Mm -hmm. We're all daisies. <laughs> Wilting to, in the sun. And to make us feel better, we build things out of daisies that are just as fragile. Yeah. That was the part of the Hurt song that was really getting me was like, mm -hmm. everyone I know goes away in the end. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's the point. Mm -hmm. It's impermanence. Mm -hmm. You're just like, and my empire of dirt was the other line where I was like, yeah. yes. And I used to hear that song in that 90s, Nine Inch Nails sort of way mm. where I was like, yeah, this is rough. And now I was like, yes, it's rough and there's something else going on. Like the yeah. point isn't to have an empire that isn't dirt and the point isn't never feeling hurt. Right. The point is working with these things and repurposing them yeah. and seeing them as opportunities to in real time remember mm. that you are the beloved, that mm -hmm. you are a piece of the eternal love mm. that is the whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. And every time there's a beep or something, mm -hmm. instead of what I often do is I suffer my way through it and then look back and go like, that was a gift, but yeah. like try and get that real time. So the yes. Venn diagram is just a circle and just go like, 
far out, there's a beep and, and not being phony going like Pete hates this and mm. it's still okay. Mm-hmm. It's still okay. Pete is livid right now yeah. and, ne- and maybe needs a weighted blanket, maybe needs to go inside yeah. where he can't hear the beep. Yeah, Luckily I couldn't hear it inside. It's so interesting because we also, my mom and I were just talking about this kind of, and we were talking about labor and how, the gift of labor is that you have to be present yeah, and not like necessarily through all of it. Yeah. Which is why the cold plunge is less interesting to you. Cause you're like, I've been to Mount Doom. <laughs> I've done it. I've died thousand deaths. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. <laughs> and I'm out there going like, am I worthy? <laughs> Look at my nips. I'm so chilly. And you're like, yeah, life came from betwixt my legs. <laughs> But it is like, so actually when I think back on my labor, I have like a huge, I think back on it like you would think back on like a beautiful memory of like a childhood, you know, camping trip that you went on or some, like I have happy hormones when I think back on labor and it's because there was pure presence. I guess better example would be, cause there really is no one for one, but I look back on it like you would look back on a psychedelic trip or, or even like jet skiing or like yeah. inner tubing, like some moment where you just like were the most present. Yeah. Bungee jumping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. And, um, And so like even the beeping is, you know, it's a small percentage of the agony. So you'll get equal percentage of presence. You know what I mean? Oh my God, well done. There is an invitation there to be like, wow, can I notice what's happening in my body? Yeah. This what stories am I telling myself That's about right. the, That's the right. beeping? Can I have the tiger as a pre-chorus. That's what I was going to say. Let me finish the beeping. Uh, <laughs> That's the Katy Perry thing. Oh, let me finish the. Let's finish talking about this story because it has a sweet ending. But we will do the mid rolls. I think they're just supposed to be towards the middle. I think that's what mid stands. No, that's what rolls stands for. <laughs> um, so here they are. We'll be right back and we'll finish the story. And then there's another. Um, I was I meant to mention this last week, but a very meaningful practice for me. Uh, So we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As you guys know, I'm a big believer in talk therapy. I, I first found it when I was in a huge period of uncertainty in my life. I was in a new city and in a bad relationship, a romantic relationship that I just didn't know how to navigate through. I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know how to make it better. I didn't know I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to set up boundaries. I didn't know how to practice self-love. And I certainly didn't know what codependence was. I didn't even know what codependence was. Until I talk to a licensed therapist, a trained professional, talking to a therapist is greater than the sum of its parts. It makes such a difference in the core of who we are. And those conversations and that guidance can change your life for the better. It certainly did for me. Because sometimes the path forward isn't always clear, whether you're dealing with career decisions, romantic decisions, anything else. Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement and trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values. You know, it's like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And in my experience, 
having a trained professional guiding you along the way makes it that much easier. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash weirdo today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weirdo. Support your, your psyche, support your mind, support yourself, and support this show. Also, unrelated, did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? A week Yeah, that's right. The products that we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. Well, luckily, our friends at Blue Land set out to do something about it to eliminate the need for single-use plastic in the products we reach for the most, like hand soap. Did you know that an estimated 5 billion billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions, not to mention nasty ingredients in them like chlorine and ammonia. But Blue Land is reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet by offering endlessly refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Just fill the bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. That means they don't have to ship the water anymore. That means we don't have to waste the plastic anymore. That means hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, all with clean ingredients you can feel good about. No more bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run, and refills start at just $2.25. I recommend their Clean Essentials Kit, which has everything you need to get started and comes in beautiful light scents, such as iris agave, fresh lemon, and eucalyptus mint. Blue Land also has an offer just for weirdos. Get 15% off your first purchase of any product and get cleaning, <laughs> cleaning, excuse me, cleaning products that I love the look of. In fact, if that was the main thing for me, it might be the look of these bottles. It, I like that every room has this like through line and sleek design that looks cool, but I love that it's also good for you and good for the planet. So to get 15% off your first order, go to blueland.com slash YMIW, like you made it weird. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash YMIW. That's blueland.com slash YMIW. We're back. Oh, Val farted. I did not. Leela farted in my face last night. It was really funny. (laughs) It's just so great to have something that you can love so much that like it's not even a thing. I mean, you could certainly fart in my face. It would be worse. Hey. (laughs) Than Leela. Okay. I get it. Uh, I get it. I just don't think we have to mention it. (laughs) If it's mentionable, it's manageable. Maybe. Um... (laughs) Uh, okay. So here's how that story ends. And I love what you said. Mm-hmm. I can even get in touch with that place where if the suffering, so Maharaji said, uh, that's Ram Dass's guru said, I love suffering. It brings me so close to God. Mm-hmm. And I have moments like that where I'm like, oh my God, even this beeping story did bring me closer to God or the, or the first special that taping that I got really, really sweaty, mm-hmm. put me in a humble broken sort of vulnerable place Mm -hmm. 
I could read it, but The Healing Path by James Finley, the first page is just like, he's like, the divine encounter is, is, is nestled and hiding in those places that we're most afraid to go, mm. those, mo- those relationships that we're most afraid to heal and all yeah. that stuff. And I was See, like, that's why like, wow. I, I don't think that suffering is a mistake or a flaw or brokenness. Like, I think it's yeah, but part of the game. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. When I, I say it doesn't work, I'm, say, I'm saying look at what we're doing. Apple stores and sure. clean toilets. Okay. At, look, the look at how much the plumbing bothered you. Like you yeah. should see out there, it's leaking. I know. It's it's gushing in. It's, You're trying to get me all riled up. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm trying to say like, it's not like I'm saying into nothing this doesn't work. I'm saying into a mass hypnosis that we're going. This does work. This mm. does work. Get Botox. No wrinkles. Live forever. Mm. New heart transplant. Uh, new artery. Mm. Cholesterol medication. Uh, well, all these things. Sure. And you'll never age. You'll never age. You'll never get old. And any psychedelic, any spiritual experience, all goes like this is impermanent. And you need to get in touch with what is permanent. Got so when it. I say this doesn't work, I'm not saying like fuck this. I'm saying this imperfect thing is the vehicle by which we come to the perfect thing. Mm, yeah. But it helps uh, me to say this doesn't work. It's, no, I know it beautiful. does. And I'm glad that you said that because I do think I was thinking of it more in terms of like, I thought I kind of felt like you were saying fuck this. Yeah. Like this is just like, you know, there's no, there's no real, there's no real value to this. No, the point is that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like part of one of the points is that it doesn't work. But like even I think for me, the language again, and it's just language. So I love that that language works for you is just this is impermanent. Like nothing is broken or not working or the trying to grasp onto it doesn't work. Yeah. Like that's where I'm w- totally with you. But that's it's also like, what James Finley says. He's like, letting go is, is the key. It's like all yeah. this clinging, and this that's, rope burn. That's we all get. of, yeah, that's all of Buddhism. It's, it's, it's not, it's not that impermanence is bad. I'm not saying it's, it's bad, but I'm grasping onto impermanence. I'm responding to a, a, a world that every commercial, every movie, Hollywood as a whole, yeah, seems to be saying, this does work. We're mm-hmm. like whistling in the dark. Mm-hmm. Don't look at the bad thing. Yeah. It will last. Like when Ollie G did a, a special on death, he was talking to the surgeon general or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and the surgeon general goes, everyone dies. And Ollie mm-hmm. G is like, uh, what? N- not me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's all of us. Yeah. We all kind of are doing that. Yeah. 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 This is too dark to do on stage, but the whole world not the whole world, but a lot of the collective coping psyche of humanity mm. is four words, not me, not yet. <laughs> mm, sure. We see it. Yeah. It's happening. Mm-hmm. The The ego thought system, I would say, which is manifest in the world, is a flawed and delusional thought system mm. that says build your walls and, and kill your enemies and hoard your goods and mm. protect your own and all that stuff is pure insanity. It's the opposite of oneness. It's the opposite of tenderness. Yeah. It's the opposite of merging. It's yeah. the opposite of our birthright. It's the opposite of what we are. It's an insane thought system. So it's the, it's the cure to it. Mm. is to step out. I'm talking about Pete too. We're in my office where I have framed accolades. Like mm. that is okay. Yeah. And it's beautiful to go like, 
that won't work. Yeah. Like whatever you're reaching for with that, it's not going to, it's psychologically healthy. It's, it's professionally healthy. I I believe that Mm. it pleases, uh, this, that we be psychologically healthy and that we, and that we use our gifts and share our gifts and all that stuff is, is meaningful. Mm -hmm. But like at the end of the day going like me trying to like shot like Leela running for the swing like there's a favorite swing yeah and all the kids were running towards it this is when I picked her up today mm-hmm. and she okay full disclosure there's a lot of things going on here Leela says dad I push me on the swing and I go run to your swing and mm-hmm. what I'm saying is go get your favorite swing mm-hmm. and I'm not ashamed of that and I'm also not proud of it because mm-hmm. I'm going like Either you're going to cry or someone else is going to cry, but go get your swing if that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I, I, it's, it's not ugly and it's not beautiful either, mm-hmm. but I'm going like, that's how it works, kid. If you want the swing. Run and get it. The way that physical matter works is there's only one of those swings. Mm-hmm. You sh- And I know you want it. So I, all I say is go get, she goes, push me on the swing. I go, go get your swing. Yeah. But then she runs. And then the other kids go, oh, it's swing time. Cause I push all the kids and they all run. And yes, the kid that didn't get the swing, uh-huh. the one that also has a preference for that swing did cry. Yeah. And I was on my knees, literally wiping her tears and going mm-hmm. like, it's okay. I'll push you so high on the swing. At the same time, mm-hmm. it's almost mythic. I was also part of the reason she's crying. Yeah. I said, go get your swing. It's complicated. Yeah. And then I did put her on the swing and I'm trying to go like, I'm going to push you even higher. And I'm going, and maybe Lila will swap with you. I'm negotiating all of this stuff. Right. And eventually, you know, Lila got off and she did get it. But like, it's heavy. Mm. Like reality is heavy. Having and having not and 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 specialness and, and it doesn't last. And even the good feeling Leela got from being on the swing is compromised by seeing her friend cry. That was heavy for her. Yeah. Like Ramdas talks about that. It's like you go through a time of plenty as a nation and, and, and your heart breaks knowing that how many people you know, Don't. take take your part of the world that aren't doing that. And then in the country itself, it breaks down to haves and have-nots and levels of have and have-not. Uh-huh. And then you see the monk or you see the the smiling. Um, I'm thinking of the, the story of the, the movie Happiness, where there was the person who's basically unhoused in India and seems like deeply happy. Yeah, one of the happy, like, like in the same studies, reported to be one of the happiest right. people. And I will say that I know a lot of miserable rich people. Yeah. And I've also, I've also been a miserable rich person mm-hmm. at, at moments in my life. And you just go like, that's where the comfort and the beauty and the joy goes. It's almost like, you can't cure it if you don't diagnose it. And I'm not going to get out of it. But the first step is to say, ultimate reality, this game I'm playing doesn't work. Mm. And me, I always go to deathbed and you show me the framed still of me on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. What does that mean when I'm facing infinity, mm. not mm-hmm. much. You know what I mean? It yeah. means a hell of a lot to me right now. Yeah. So it's like, those even those dissatisfactions like in the movie soul where he finally gets to play with the jazz icon and afterwards he's so let down that suffering he's out Mm -hmm. of control he thought he could make himself happy he thought by getting what he wanted would make him happy and they tell the what the hell is water story and that is that is i'm agreeing with you 
suffering mobilized to awakening mm-hmm. to like use it. And that doesn't mean don't stop playing jazz shows. And that doesn't mean I wouldn't love to be back on the Simpsons. I'm not saying that in a political way. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. yeah, keep playing the game, but use the letdowns that are inevitable, even when you're getting what you want mm-hmm. to mobilize and move you forward to something closer to your true, to your true self, to your true nature, yeah. to your home, to the prodigal yeah. son returning home and the father throwing a party. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about heaven later when you die. I mean, like living your life with the assurance that you are beloved and 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 awaited on yeah like that reunion is waited on and the suffering of the prodigal son is what drives him back to his father mm. that's the whole thing i know and i i mean i love all of that you articulated it so beautifully and the piece that's key for me is like also loving the game so that it it doesn't become this other version of of like he- living for heaven. Well, I'm just biding yeah. my time here until I can go to heaven. And like the Eastern version of that is like, I'm just biding my time here until I get enlightened. Yeah. Like this is here, we're here. And our suffering can help us awaken. So, but let's love the suffering. Let's love yes. the, we're, we're in this reality where you run to your favorite swing. Can we love it? Can we love Yeah, and some every days you get it? it and some days you don't. Yeah. It's like the Bluey episode, Pass the Parcel, yeah. where Bingo is sad and we can love that. And then she does get it. It's a game where sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Yeah. And then she does win at the end and, and we love both of those and things. And you love it more because they decide to make it so that sometimes you lose, not yeah, that everybody right. wins. That's right. I, it's, it's very profound. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, in this moment, I'm just again struck with just how you and I are like one entity mm. and it's like deeply essential. Hmm. Like, like I, I love what I said. Yeah. And I would defend what I said. In fact, w- what I said was in defense of what I b- believe or whatever. Yeah. I love what you said too. I know. I, I, I feel that. But then also when you say what you're saying, it's like, um, it's like water after, Mm, a walk through fire. the desert or something. <laughs> yeah. It's water after fire. And you're and I'm Aries fire. and I'm Pisces. So that but it's so... So I am a fire, fiery person. Mm-hmm. And by the way, A Course in Miracles is... It's funny that a, a woman channeled it because it's deeply... But, I would say it's deeply masculine. But also, well. you know, women can be our yeah, yeah. fire. Like our friend Jen is fire too. And no, that's why I, she loves A Course in Miracles. Yeah, no, yeah, I... I I didn't mean to get no, gender I know. stuff in the mix. No, but no, no. I didn't mean to either. I'm just saying. You would, you'd think yeah. reading it like this is like a 1970s yeah. like bearded man. Sure. And uh, I, I do think the woman who wrote it, you know. Had a beard. Had a beard. <laughs> <laughs> but a robust one. Yeah. A beautiful, robust beard. No, it doesn't matter. That, that was a tangent that is not needed. Mm. But it's really it's just really beautiful to yeah. have you. And when you say it, I don't, I don't resist it in, in the least. And it's, it is a good balance. I like the warmth of your fire. Yeah. It, and it's sort of how you and I are with anger, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I like, I can get in touch with a certain anger mm-hmm. about reality Mm-hmm. And it's very matrixy. It's very like the agents are keeping us here mm-hmm. and this isn't real. Yeah. And we need to fight 
literally the matrix is like so let's get guns and and karate fight against it and fight it yeah and then at the end we'll fly away and we'll fuck up all those robots <laughs> and you're like um and this was a big part of my ketamine thing that this too yeah was good in mm-hmm. in in its way mm-hmm. it might not be ultimate reality mm-hmm. and i think james finley and and father boyle and all these guys that are are kings of the heart mm-hmm. and kings of service and respecting this reality and treating it with with respect yeah. and being deliberate yeah. i think they also have a deeper level where they go and only god is real i, I think they do that mm-hmm. but they do it it's so the pan is so oily you know well, what I mean? Yeah. Everything and, is cooked perfectly. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think potentially they go through the heart. Like I know that's, that's, you know, the way of the feminine mystic, which Mirabai Star would say probably, but that both of those guys have feminine mystic tendencies mm-hmm. where it is going through the heart, going through this reality loving people, loving yourself, loving God, loving, loving, loving until you remember that the ultimate reality is love. Like that is your truest nature and the truest nature of reality. But you start by loving what's here right now. Sorry, I don't, uh, I don't want to sound defensive. The Course in Miracles is so that Mm, it's like, I love that your every invitation to, um, I think they would say salvation mm-hmm. or you could say enlightenment or realization or whatever is, is every brother, every person around you, the whole, look at what I write on the mirror. The mirror is yeah. almost to an insane level covered in, <laughs> in quotes, but I need to hold, I feel like I need to hold on to them and, and they can slip through me. So I read them every night when I'm brushing my teeth or whatever. So it's not just, it's certainly not for show. It's, mm. it's practical. But the ones that I often write the most are just like either about your value was predetermined and has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. It's like you were, I guess a way to say it is you were made good and remain good. Yeah. And and Richard Rohr, this isn't a course, but it's, it made the mirror, is the point of life is to accept that you are accepted. That's mm-hmm. the whole game is to accept that you are accepted. And a, cor- a Course in Miracles would agree with that. A cor- the way that A Course in Miracles says that is, I, I am or I remain as God created me. Yeah. Meaning a perfect, unitive, eternal love made me. Mm-hmm. And it really is pretty obvious when you're having a clear moment that if you're made by a perfect thing, you are perfect. Yeah. And if something imperfect is happening, it's not it's not the full story. Yeah. Like what you're doing, mm-hmm. hurting people, being selfish, whatever it might be, isn't a um, sin or a grievance. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's almost like confusion. Yeah. It's almost like you're working something out. That's it. I, you're helping me realize like something that will ignite my fire where I get really, worked up is when I see people either doing it to themselves or doing it to others, like thinking that they have to like, like a twig getting rid of all of the bumps, you know, like a knife on a twig, like smoothing out all of the bumps, like that they have to be that 
harsh with themselves, harsh with each other, harsh with reality to like perfect, 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 become worthy. It makes me so upset when people think that they are broken and that they aren't good. And, you know, and obviously that's, that's important to me because I spent and can fall into that myself, but it's, it's really, really upsetting to me when there is the school of thought or even just some person's own psyche that has made them think that like they have to, they have to polish themselves by the fires of a mold. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gollum is right. You need to toss your Gollum in in the flame. That's the only way to quench it. Yeah. That's the, that's the ego's God Mm. that says we spend our whole time killing and taking and and then we're like well and at the end god gets the last laugh and he kills us and takes us mm-hmm. there was this beautiful it was haunting but this thing in the course that really reminded me of some people i know where they were like people worship death they they give it what sh- what belongs to god what belongs to a loving open spacious mm inexplicably good thing Mm -hmm. they give it instead to death going like that's the only certainty it's coming everyone i know goes away in the end so you worship it wow it's the only thing you can rely on so it becomes in a way a type of a god and and you put all your faith in it and and you know Mm. and the ego tells you that that's a that's a good play Mm, Um, that's interesting i like it i forget what i was going to say it doesn't matter. oh that you would like the course then based on what you just said too or or you would like this mm-hmm. that the a course in miracles would would say like that goodness is when you forgive someone so a course in miracles is all about forgiveness you're not forgiving what they did you're recognizing who they really are yeah. And you're recognizing who you really are. Yeah. So it's like going backstage. Yeah. Instead of forgiving the character in the play mm. who did burn down your business. Mm-hmm. Like it happened. Mm-hmm. The effects were practical. Like it was real. Yeah. You go backstage and you just go like, oh, it was all one of us. Yeah. It was all, you know, just different boats but all being pushed by the same wind right and you go like why was that wind pushing these boats in different directions why were some of them knocking into each other why were some of them burning down your your business but when you go backstage you go like it was all for us it was all as i've said a million Mm. times but my ketamine trip was like it's all a booby trap Mm. to make you you're tripping yourself Mm. to fall into love Mm. that's how much you love yourself Mm. is you're conspiring like a mousetrap concoction and every fucking thing Mm. and when you have this clarity it's the most visceral and experiential truth yeah that you're like of course it went like to that to do to to even including the this and the this and the this because it wasn't inviting you through a you know a curtain with horns blaring for you to sit on a throne as a king (laughs) it's to trip you yeah like you get tripped yeah first comes the fall then comes the recovery from the fall both are the grace of god that's what i think it's paula d'arcy said yeah but it's like that's right it's like an it's it's not an accident but it's a um what's the word it's it's a kerfuffle (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I love that. And I think you just beautifully articulated what we were saying about suffering and why I don't think suffering is a mistake. I think it is, it is a invitation to trip yourself into falling into love. That's right. And it's, and it's so stunning when it happens that you're like, Oh, it had to be this. It's so much more interesting that it's this. Yeah. Having had that experience, I really feel this way. And this sounds maybe nuts, but I'm like, I had it and others have it for us. Mm. Even though I know maybe I already said this, but it was like, I had that experience, but I had it for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it yeah. somehow. I get it. Jen was talking about, so Matt Berninger is, is a, a friend of ours and, and we love him and we love Corinne and he gave me the national record, which is called first two pages of Frankenstein. And he gave it to me as he has with other national records mm-hmm. before it came out. Cause I'm a huge fan and, mm-hmm. and I, they're my favorite band of all time. Mm-hmm. And I always have this, this has happened before I put it on, it's on my Dropbox and I play it and I like it, mm-hmm. but I, it's not quite the same as when a record comes out mm. and you see the album art and you listen to it. And I thought it was just like the album art. Mm. I was like, what is the difference? Mm-hmm. And Jen was like, they're coming back. <laughs> it's not just the art it's that everybody oh you mean your mom and Leela yeah it's not just the art it's that it's that millions of people are listening to it mm-hmm. there's like a collective experiencing of the record that informs it becomes stickier mm-hmm. because we're all listening to it I guess we have to go yeah I love that, Does that though make sense? you're right it the is the fact it's that it's the, been it's like the New York Times crossword by, yeah or like succession the finale That's like right. we're all watching that in fact that was the other thing I was like we watch movies and we go to concerts because yeah. we miss being one thing we yeah. want all of our consciousnesses pointed in the same on, direction that's right because it reminds us of home i think we do a lot of things because we miss being one thing i think that's what most of what we do is completely agree yeah i'll cook you dinner you eat it yeah i'm sorry uh-huh. what what was that god yeah like that's god i mean even sex is physically sex. being like let's make our bodies this one thing everything yeah completely agree Love this chat. The punchline is I went next door and the guy was like, not only did he stop the beeping, but he said, and I didn't know I needed to hear this. I wasn't rude about it. I was like, I'm sorry, there's a beep. He's like, oh, there's a alarm if the perimeter goes off for the dog. And he goes, I'll turn, I'll unplug it. And he goes, that must have been really annoying. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that was what I wanted my whole childhood. Yeah. With someone to go, that must have been hard for you to hear that. That's what I... Sorry. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like your parents, it's the equivalent of your parents being like, I'm so sorry that you had to hear us fighting. Which is why I get mad watching Full House or The Cosby yeah, Show or anything right. where a parent sits on the bed and apologizes. I'm like, no. what is this, a sci-fi network? <laughs> um, guys, loved this chat. Thank you, Val. Love you deeply. Love you. Keep it crispy. Keep it crispy.